Dude, I had a 98 Degrees poster of all of them in firefighting costumes, shirtless. Mine? Covered in soot. Mine was Anna Kornikova. You're such a lesbian. Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome back to Hey Beautiful. This is Kate here. And Caitlin is on vacation again. So we have one of our tried and true guest hosts sitting in with me today. It's my wife, Liz. Hey, friends. <laughs> and yet again, it comes at a good episode. Agreed. Buying a new house with some issues. Hitting rock bottom in a... In a a single period. No doubt. I feel like I've been there. You've been there? Having to scold your friend for acting like a jerk. Yeah. You know? And the yellow umbrella. And you we have one of those. I do have one of those. So yeah. we have a whole story we can tell yeah. about that, right? Uh, so yeah, if you don't know, I'm Kate. And this is the podcast where we recap every single episode of How I Met Your Mother. No spoilers. And today we are talking about the episode No Tomorrow, where... Ted finally hits rock bottom after just gunning for it all season. A couple updates before we get into the actual episode. We just did a live stream with our top two Patreon peers. Top two Patreon tiers. Thank you so much to everybody who tuned in and who has watched it since then. Um, If you didn't know, I spilled some tea from our... Uh, meet up with Craig and Carter after their concert. Um, Josh Radner was also there, and on the way out the door, Caitlin reached over and asked him. After we we talked a little bit, but as we're walking out, Caitlin was like, "Oh my god, I need to ask him!" And so she like leaps over across the bar and just says, "Grinch, was it bitch or cunt?" And Josh Radner had a definitive answer, but you'll have to be a patron to find out. I'm going to have to sign up. Yeah. I need to know. <laughs> it's under lock and key. It's not even within our marriage. You have spousal privilege. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, so Josh puts that uh, put that debate to bed. And um, I also shared another funny, awkward story from the, uh, from the show that, yeah, we won't be sharing that one on the normal podcast, but it was just a, a silly thing that happened during the show, and I, I remembered it at the very end, so... Sign up for Patreon because you never know what else I'm going to remember from that night or future nights because this will not be the last fundraising concert they're going to have. They're planning one for the fall, I think. Um, In speaking of Patreon, we have a buttload of new patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. That's very exciting. That's very exciting. Um, Welcome, everybody. Thank you for signing up. I know a lot of you came in to get that hot goss about Josh Radner, and I do not blame you because that's a, a burning question. But everybody that signed up at any level, it's very much appreciated. And if you want to spend even more money on us, <laughs> we also have some merch uh, over at Zazzle.com slash HeyBeautifulPod. There are a few standard designs right now, and once I have some time this summer, I'm going to create a few more. So check back there often. And last but not least, before we get into this episode, we have a question from Emma about podcasting. So she sent this email over and I wanted to read it out loud in case anybody else is thinking of making a podcast because I know you're listening a lot and you're like, "Hmm, I could probably do this. So uh, Emma says, hello, ladies. I've recently been wanting to make a podcast, and I'm thinking of starting one and having the whole first episode, oh, about him, yim, and astrology and making connections of the creator's signs and the actor's signs and the character signs and how that all comes together. Oof. Sounds intense. This sounds like she should be a guest. I know. I know. That sounds incredible. already. So she says, I have no idea how to get started. Any tips? I have several tips. It's very simple. Um, I would invest up front in a nice microphone because if you've listened to the first season of our podcast, you know that that is important. Um, And also learn how to use it because we were having a lot of issues early on um, getting the settings right. I would also record in a good program 
because again, recording in a shitty program is why our sound was so shitty, so now we use GarageBand to do that. Just set expectations for yourself that you know you'll be able to keep. So we started out feeling very ambitious that we would be able to do an episode every single week, Um, but that ended up taking up two to three to four nights of my week. Every single week. And that wasn't very fun, was it, Liz? It was a lot. Yeah, it was a, it lot. Was a lot. Yeah. So now um, I have one week where I spend a lot of time working on the podcast with the taping and editing and all that. And then the next week is free to like just relax and recharge. Um, and that's that has made a huge difference uh, stress-wise. But also you've also with time, have streamlined the process a lot more. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so it gotten faster. So it does take more time or less time anyway, but... Yeah. Yeah, definitely prepare to spend more time on everything as you're getting used to it. Like editing used to take me forever. It still takes a while now, but I've I've figured out a better way to do it and a faster way to do it just by practice. So, um, yeah, good luck. And let us know when it's up and running, and we'll give you a shout-out and see if you want to come on for a little interview. Ready to get into the episode? Let's do it. All right. Stay tuned at the end for legendary moments from listeners like you. And now... Let's get into No Tomorrow. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five Level members, Russell, Tish, and Johnny. Thank you for your support. And to all of our patrons, you are truly legendary. Hey Beautiful Patreon members get cool Hemium-themed perks every single month, from bonus episodes to fun new recipes to private live streams with us. To learn more and sign up, visit patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. I went low-tech this week, so you might hear me flipping some pages. You ready for this? Okay. So this is Season 3, Episode 12, No Tomorrow. It first aired on March 17th, 2008. Our writers are Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, which is exciting, so you know it's a big one. And uh, our director, of course, is Pamela Fryman. Now, something interesting that we mentioned last time is that we have not seen this show since November at this point. So the show stopped November 2007 and came back in March 2008 because there is a massive Writers Guild strike. The Writers Guild of America all went on strike. And I was looking into it today and it was actually really interesting and like a really big deal because this was the point in time 12 years ago when Netflix was becoming huge. Mm. And so the Writers Guild refused to sign a new contract that didn't include residuals from Netflix. Smart. Yeah. Because imagine. Yeah. Fucking imagine. Yeah, for sure. And um, I found this amazing article, and I'll share it on Twitter once the episode is live. They actually interviewed uh, Craig Thomas um, in this 10-year retrospective about the the strike. So that's how big of a deal it was that um, last year they did this whole 10 years after the WGA strike, what do we, where are we? And you might recognize the name WGA, Writers Guild of America, because currently Craig has uh, the picture of the WGA logo as his Twitter profile picture because they've, again, been dealing with contracts and strikes and things like that. Apparently during the strike between November and February, the Writers Guild cost networks $2 billion. Wow. $2 fucking billion. So good job, guys. You so got strong union. Yeah, right? Isn't that amazing? Um, and another great thing about the strike, in addition to it, you know, helping our shows come back strong and helping the people who wrote them and created them get, get their due, we also got some incredible strike time projects that came out. Um, for instance, the one that is, you know, most near and dear to my heart is Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, starring Neil Patrick Harris. He teamed up with Joss Whedon, so there's all kinds of crossovers between Buffy and How I Met Your Mother, as we know, and so Neil Patrick Harris teamed up with the Buffy director, Mm -hmm. that's who the Buffy director Mm -hmm. is, um, and made Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, and it's about this guy who is trying to become a villain. Mm -hmm. He's trying to become like the supervillain in a time, in a universe where superheroes are like just normal people walking around. And it's amazing. And hmm. It's just short, and it's a musical, uh-huh. and it's fantastic. Um, so thank you, Writers Guild, for you know really sticking it to the man, and also giving us Doctor Horrible working on those creative muscles. Hell yeah! Can't just let them sit. Hell yeah! So 
another fantastic uh, project for Neil Patrick Harris. We open with future Ted telling us that he never would have met the mom without a little bit of luck, specifically the luck of the Irish. And we always know it's a Carter and Craig episode when they really focus on the arc of the whole show, not the arc of the season or the, or the actual episode. So they're bringing us back to the fact that remember what we're working toward. So early on in season three, we got that in, in episode one when they mentioned the yellow umbrella for the first time. And now we're going to see that come back in. It's 2008. No one wants to go to St. Patrick's Day except Barney, of course. He comes in in his beautiful green suit, which I'm surprised you don't own a green suit at this point. You love green. You know what? I'm surprised I don't own one. Right? Should have worn one to the wedding. Oh, that would have been cute. <laughs> that would have been cute. But you also would have looked like a sidelined NBA player. No so doubt. So no maybe doubt. not. <laughs> Although the height isn't really, not really a factor. <laughs> I would have looked much more like a leprechaun than Barney. Oh, that's so cute. You should have worn one. Uh, so Ted breaks it to him that they don't want to go out. Uh, Barney is clearly stunned. Uh, the best thing maybe out of the whole writer strike is that Lily's bangs have grown out. <laughs> Bang Watch 2019 is officially over. Congratulations, everyone. We did it. They look beautiful. They're swept to the side. Good job, Lil. Good job, Lil. Uh, so we find out that instead of going out partying all night, like the rest of America, Marshall and Lily and Ted are going to do board game night at the new apartment. And here we see this division that's been happening all season of Marshall and Lily over here, Barney on the other side, and Ted kind of in the middle. Because he still loves Marshall and Lily, but they're such a unit now that he's kind of a third wheel more so than anything. And Barney is gross, but he seems to be leaning, leaning toward Barney more and sort of um, leaving Marshall out a lot. And we're going to see all that come to a head. Barney leaves disgusted with his friends because Ted doesn't want to go out. And Ted's phone butt dials Marshall. Remember butt dials? Phones don't really do that anymore. You can't yeah. sit on buttons anymore. So that yeah, doesn't your butt really doesn't happen. have a fingerprint, so it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Face recognition of rem- your ass. Your butt can't remember your code, so... <laughs> Yeah, so he does the pocket dial, and that sets up, you know, the the storyline of what happens later on at the club. Um, And then immediately after that, Ted's phone rings, and it's Barney. Somehow he has already scooped up two girls, like, in the hallway on the way downstairs. Were they already in the cab? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he hopped in. (laughs) Lucky night. Um, And they're heading downtown to a bar that is aptly named Low Point. Why wouldn't you go to a place like McLaren's? I know. The um, Irish pub right you know downstairs. I mean? You got to go down for a Guinness, you know? For sure. Rude. Maybe that's where he scooped them up. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm, it. I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. And he's like, bye. So yeah, they're going to a place called Low Point, which is just so perfect for what's about to happen to Ted. Um, and Barney gives this great big speech about the world coming to an end. And while we all know it's not, he really just wants Ted to think about what if what if the world was coming to an end? What would you do if there really was no tomorrow? So what would you do, Liz? I would not go to a bar with Barney. Fair. Definitely not. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. do. Yeah, I don't know. That's a huge, that's a lot of pressure. No doubt. Probably kiss you. Mm -hmm. That sounds nice. Hang out, see our family somehow. Both of our families. 24, we got 24 hours. 24 hours, hours. we can do it. Yeah. It's only a 14-hour drive. Piece of cake. Maybe they could meet us halfway. <laughs> yeah. Great. We got a plan. Yeah. What is halfway? Like Pennsylvania somewhere? Mm, it's like Buffalo. Okay. Well, all right. So everyone, just so you know, we're meeting in Buffalo. That's the plan. That's our secret spot, guys. <laughs> now the world knows. And Marshall and Lily are just so cute now that they're over all their heartbreak and stress. They have this great scene where uh, Barney's like, do you really want to spend the night with Marshall and Lily? And Ted looks over him. <laughs> Marshall just goes, my hands smell weird. And he just gives them to Lily, and she smells them and just says, yeah, that's new. That's new. Married life, you know? Yeah, you just become one. (laughs) We hear that there's this big party downtown at Low Point, and the mom is there. Oh, right, yeah. And we see, like, it pans the, the rainy crowd, and there is the big, bright yellow umbrella. We can't see anything about the person underneath, no matter how we how hard we try. 
Um, but there she is. She's in the crowd. The yellow umbrella is officially in play, and we know from what we've heard this season that that is how he meets her. That is what draws them together. So this is huge. So at the club, there's a massive line, and if you look closely, the line is entirely women. There's not one man besides Ted and Barney in line, and Ted thinks that it's the universe punishing them, this long line, but then they go and talk to the bouncer and find out they can get in if they ditch the girls they're with. Which is not a thing. Not Not a thing that ever happens, and like Barney says, there is literally never a shortage of dudes yeah. at a club. Yeah, no kidding. Because all the dudes go out looking for the girls, and the girls are like, mm. I just want to dance. All set. All yeah. set. Ted first thinks that the universe is punishing him, and then he slowly, as the night goes on, starts buying into this idea that the universe is either taking the night off or, for some reason, giving them this this license to be assholes. Mm-hmm. It's shitty that, you know, one night left to live, no universe watching, they both want to be jerks, but, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like they've, it's Ted's like rebelling against being a, a good guy. So, anyway, they ask the bouncer, well, Ted specifically asks the bouncer if the girls inside are hotter than their dates. That is what's going to decide whether or not they leave these girls on the side of the road. And the bouncer says, they might not be hotter, but they're drunker. And that's all Ted needed to hear. And that's fucking vile. So the gates just on opened. we go. So this is definitely like peak Ted at his grossest. Like this is at him. He's as close to Barney as he will get. Um, and it gets him punched. So he earned it. Yeah. He's, oh, but just about half a season trying to live like Barney and do the... The single thing, and, and it's going to catch up with him because he is not that guy. Back at the new apartment, Marshall carry Lily, carries Lily across the threshold, but it turns out he's been carrying her since they left the other apartment. <laughs> now Robin's the third wheel. Yeah, it's only weird. It was only weird on the subway. <laughs> Robin has some excellent lines this episode. Uh, yeah, so. she really does. There's a lot of, a lot of puns in this episode. I yeah. Feel like a lot more than normal. Yeah. That's a... Uh, Bays and Thomas, yeah. yeah, they got some very, very pithy writing, and also yeah. it seems like they've maybe they've had the experience of being around a couple like this, like <laughs> yeah. because so Marshall and Lily are based on Craig and his wife, mm-hmm. and I got to meet his wife. Oh, really? Yeah, she was there. Oh, nice. And she's a she's a tiny lady like Lily is. Mm-hmm. It's very cute, and you know Craig's really tall. Um, but Carter was single for a while, and like so Ted mm-hmm. is based mm-hmm. on him. So I wonder if like. I'm sure Carter just has all this, like, oh, my God, like, saved up from (laughs) always being the third wheel around this, like, mushy-gushy couple. So it all got funneled into Robin, and it's just great, Um, great to watch. They're going around looking for free stuff in the house, free nail, for instance, and um, Lily's off checking the other rooms. Marshall hangs up her painting, which is the one that caused all kinds of problems in the duel um, when Lily first moved into the other apartment. So now again... It is going to cause some issues when it won't stay put on the wall. And Robin notices the issue first. Marshall is just so busy, like, fiddling with the painting and trying to figure out why it won't stay where it is, sort of in denial about it. And Robin just says it, as only Robin can, (laughs) just frankly just says, your apartment is crooked. I don't know if I would have said it. Because that's heartbreaking. I don't know if I would have yeah. been the one, but she's just so, she's so practical, you know? How do you even fix something like that? You have to fix the whole building? Like, I think you have to, like... This is a detail that I would want to know that they didn't get into. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. It's 20 minutes of that on the cutting room floor. <laughs> just all the architecture. They must have to, like, go underneath the floor, right? And, like... It's but it's the whole, whole it's apartment. It's the whole building that was like that. Real, I mean, really. But what, what would they do to fix it? Who knows? Jack it from the ground, I guess. That's fucking horrible. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, because is every apartment crooked or just that floor? Maybe just that floor wasn't level. Who knows? All I was kept thinking was, I am so glad we didn't move into our house and realize something like that. No kidding. I can't think of anything that we... 
I keep waiting have, for it to happen. Oh, great. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I'm like, what is it going to be? What is, it's got to be something. No, but at we this point, deal. it's like, we're here. Do yeah, you know what true. I mean? It's not yeah. like we just moved in and we realized something horrible. I mean, it could have been what happened during our inspection, which is the guy opened the electrical box and there was a dead mouse in it. Yeah. And then it's like, surprise, you have a mouse problem. Yeah. Um, but, wow, crooked floor is a lot worse. Um <laughs> Marshall wants to hide it from Lily, who's just so excited running around finding all this free so stuff. Ruin it on the first night. The Robin says it's like the last twenty minutes of Titanic in here, <laughs> <laughs> which is such a good line. Yeah, I fucking love her. Um, back at the club, Ted is still wrestling with this quote unquote philosophical wormhole that um, if they're bad, the universe is rewarding them, or the universe is kind of working in reverse. So Ted puts all his faith in the universe, right and you know, now it seems like the universe is telling him to be an asshole, so might as well get out all that pent-up single resentment aggression if there's no tomorrow. So he decides to test it. This woman walks up and asks for drinks on this tab. Says, put it on the tab. It's Garrido. Ted, hearing that, does a very stupid thing. Orders not just champagne, but the most expensive champagne, Dom Perignon. Can we also talk about how... They ordered two bottles, so they got free caviar. Yeah. I would not eat caviar from a place called Low, Low Point. Point. <laughs> I mean... That's fucking fair. That yeah. place didn't look like it had a kitchen, so... Ew. Yeah, he, uh... What was happening there? But hey, he was testing the universe. It's Let's gonna be more, caviar. It's gonna be more than a black eye tomorrow. That's, that's, that's for sure. So he thinks he's gonna be punished, but then up walks Ashley with two E's, pinching him on the butt. Played by Vanessa Manillo. Who I think is Nick Lachey's wife. Do you know who Nick Lachey is? 98 Degrees? Yeah! Jessica Simpson's ex-husband? Yeah, let me make sure that's true. I'm pretty sure it is. Vanessa Lachey, yes. Married to the quote-unquote hottest guy in 98 Degrees. Although, I think Jeff is hotter. Oh, wow. Uh, Let's see if she has children. Oh, yeah, they do. One, two, three. Phoenix, Brooklyn, and Camden. Um, who's the guy that you think is hot from 98 Degrees? Jeff. Let's see. Who's that? He's the bro- He's uh, not the brother. He's the he's, third one. He's the guy with the goatee? No, he's not the, the dad. He's the not the fucking guy? dad. No. That's Drew. Woof. Um, this guy. Mm, yeah, I guess. He's just... He's cuter than fucking... He's cuter than Nick Lachey. He I don't looks, think he so. looks old now, though. Well, who doesn't? I'm sure oh my Nick God. Lachey looks old now, too. He was a fucking Chippendales dancer. Dude, I had a 98 Degrees poster of all of them in firefighting costumes, shirtless. <gasps> mine? Covered in soot. Mine was Anna Kornikova. You're such a lesbian. <laughs> oh my God. You never had boys on your wall? No. Oh my God. Well, wait. On the QZ scale, Liz is a perfect lesbian. <laughs> perfect 10. And I'm like maybe a no. nine and a half no. for 98 degrees. I will say that I did like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. When he I was looks like a little lesbian, though. Yeah, well. That's like liking Leonardo DiCaprio, who I, I did. I didn't like him. You know no. who I really liked? Seth Green. He's a little baby like you. A I also like guy. Elijah Wood. They look like yeah. baby lesbians. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Hey. Makes sense. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough of that walk down memory lane <laughs> into our weird straight past. Um, so uh, Ashley says a line that makes me want to vomit every single time I hear it. She says, you guys should come over to our table. My friends and I have shockingly deep belly buttons. Yeah, that's weird. I do, to this day, now I've never gone to spring break or any of those things, no interest. I have never understood why anyone would drink alcohol directly out of someone's belly button. That's a thing, right? I know some people do like the cup, like the shot glass, and they just put it there and then do it. But some people really suck booze out of strangers' linty fucking cracks. Apparently, yeah. That's disgusting. I've never done that either. Um, No, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to belly shot. I mean, I've seen my Pe- friends do it. Shame, just, people. I'm just more... Ew, who did that? Oh, girl, I went to college. Come on. Ew, I went gross. to a party school in college, so everyone, there's plenty of drinking. I just didn't drink out Everyone of thinks they went to a party school in college. Well, you didn't. It's, you didn't drink out of belly buttons. At least some of my friends do it. <laughs> Every state school <laughs> thinks they're the biggest party school in the fucking country. Anyway. Um, Never the country, always the state. Though. Yeah, so every... Uh, Everything that's happening is just validating Ted's 
theory that they're allowed to be bad for this one night. They get the free pass on St. Patty's Day. Yeah, and, you know, Barney says the universe is talking to them, and and Ted asks if they need to build a baseball field, so we're getting the Field of Dreams. References coming back around. Very nice. It was Robin that hated Field of Dreams in, in season two. Well, thank God she missed that little line. Which is interesting, because this episode is a lot like Ted Mosby Architect, which is when we find out that Robin hated Field of Dreams. Hmm. They're both at a club. It's both, you know, Ted says things, and then you come back around later at the end of the episode, and you hear how it really sounded. It's very, very similar. Same writers? Let me look. Let me make sure. Or Here we go. No, written by Kristen Newman, one of our lady writers. Lady writer! Lady writer! Okay, so... <clears throat> Yeah, Barney says, we officially have a free pass, and now Ted is all in. There is no tomorrow. And it is time for him to just fully hit rock bottom. Back at the apartment, everything's falling apart. Marshall is still trying to hide things from Lily, uh, but she is starting to catch on. Because first, her hippo seems to be hungrier, hungrier than everybody else's. Because they've sat her downhill. <laughs> so she'll keep winning and maybe not notice. Be distracted. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that house always brings crooked. out a little more reflection. What a, what a great, like just what a great device to right? show that it's crooked. Fucking hungry, hungry hippos. She got wheels and balls. That's I what she, they found in the I apartment. I love it. Um, and then the painting shifts. And then Lily stands up and her water bottle rolls away. And so she's starting to get confused, and Marshall jumps in, and you think he's going to tell her the truth, but of course not. He says, in true Marshall Erickson fashion, that they saw a ghost. And what he forgot to realize is that now he's just going to have to pile on for the rest of his life about this fucking ghost to make it work. Um, Robin tries to play along as valiantly as she can, being the serious skeptic and also truth teller that she is. Um, <laughs> she confirms him, and then Lily asks what it looked like. <laughs> it's says, pure Robin. A uh, sheet with two holes. <laughs> two holes, yeah. <laughs> Just went right by, yeah. That's what a ghost <laughs> is. That's what a ghost is. Uh, can you imagine if you told me that you saw a ghost in here, we would have never moved in. Really? Mm-hmm. You're scared of ghosts? Yes. So you believe in ghosts? No. <laughs> That's like you with tarot. You're you like, know what I mean? no, but no. Tar- yeah, you're like, no, but no. And no, also, no. specifically, Ouija board. You're like, no, That's no, not yeah, real, that, but. That kind of thing is coming in here. That don't do it in yeah. our house. <laughs> I feel like it's very Midwest. It's like, yeah, sure, I don't believe I'm in sure. it, but I'm going to keep it away from me just in case. Right. Hedge them bets, you know? Right, right. This little dog. Clem, do you want to be on the show? You can't be. You didn't watch with us. You didn't do yeah, your homework. you were not paying attention. So, of course, Marshall has a full backstory already for this ghost, that it was this Confederate general who was wounded and, and died at the, the uh, hospital that was on the grounds where, um, where the apartment complex was built. <laughs> he says that he sees ghosts everywhere. He even saw a ghost at Starbucks. And Marshall <laughs> said, that Kenny G album just flew off the shelf. <laughs> and Robin... Gets another great line of yeah. last time that happened. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh my god. No offense, Kenny G, if you're watching. Yeah, no offense. I'm listening. No offense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure Kenny G's a huge fan. For sure. Happy uh, And then Lily f- confronts Robin again, and Robin tries tries again to just make Lily believe it because she knows that's what Marshall wants, and she just says, "I." It passed through me, and I felt cold, <laughs> so cold, just phoning it in. Just dead-eyed. Just dead, <laughs> fully dead-eyed, but Lily, Lily buys it, and she's freaked out. So over at Low Point, Ted is really leaning into it. He decides to say the shittiest thing to Ashley, that he just wants to hook up with her and never see her again. And he's expecting that, like, a normal like person, a yeah, Ashley like, would Ew. slap him or walk no. away. Yeah. But instead, she just says, I'm in. And then. And then we find out. Drops the real bombshell. That Ashley is fucking married. But Ted doesn't care. They keep kissing. Awful. Oh, Teddy boy, you are cruising for that bruising. So Lily's freaked out. Uh, She's worried that the... (laughs) 
<laughs> Confederate general ghost is probably racist, um, but Marshall assures her that he has courtly southern manners and was probably just fighting for states' rights, <laughs> which is oddly relevant today. Yeah, it really is. Horrible, but... Strange. Very relevant today. Um, I was thinking, I was like, hmm, that holds up. Yeah, right? People yeah. are still fucking saying that bullshit. <laughs> Uh, and then Lily says, yeah, but he was wearing a sheet. What do you think that's supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> the writing is so good. Yep. I love when yeah, Carter and sure. Craig write episodes. That's great. Just zing, 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 zing. Like, <laughs> fuck, they're so good. And Robin can't take it anymore. She has lied for the allotted amount of time that she could handle it. <laughs> and she finally tells Lily, as well as Marshall, that the apartment is fucking crooked. And Lily just fully melts down. And Marshall blames her. <laughs> way to go, Robin. <laughs> and it's like the way Blah Blah says Robin um, in How I Met Everyone Else. And I just love that they brought that back around. What do you think of that, Robin? Fucking psycho. And then Robin gets another great line. How is racist ghost better than crooked? She has so many great lines in that. She's, She's like, seriously, can someone tell me? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Stop holding each other and answer my question. The that, answer is it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. not. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Ted bumps into this girl at the club. It's just a moment. Does it mean anything? Who is she? We don't know. But then she wanders off and he doesn't see her again. First time I didn't notice that, the second time that I watched You did it, notice? I, but I didn't think what you just said, so I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Because we know the mother was there. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have we seen the mother? We don't know. Well. We're going to have to wait to find out. So Ted runs up and he's, you know, saying that he, he's having misgivings about this theory. You know, Barney says, check her elbows to know how old she is. Because <laughs> yeah. he's got a million theories. you got to be more, uh, more explicit. And, and then Barney goes into the fact that even though Ashley's married, none of it really counts. Because there are rules about cheating. Barney's rules. Barney's rules. Yeah. And, and I've heard that doesn't count if you're in a different area code. And if you are married... If you're not the one that's married, you aren't cheating, but that's still shitty to do. Yes, it is. You're basically going on a technicality, which is extremely Barney. Um, And then the last one is um, if her name has two adjacent vowels at the end of it. E.E. Ashley. And Barney gets a great moment where Ted questions him about why, how he knows that they're not from the same area code. Mm -hmm. And Barney says, she's 516. And 516 is Long Island. It's 516 and 631 are the two the two area codes there. So he says, she, she's 516. She might act like 718 or 212, which are both New York City. Um, but she's a 516, and her husband is a 973 for letting her out of the house alone on St. Patrick's Day. That's New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And 307, as he tells us, is Wyoming. Yep. Just a great little bit. Yeah, that was nice. For the was uh, for the tri-state area there. And Wyoming. And Wyoming. Shout out to Wyoming. To all our Wyoming listeners. Um, so then, back at the apartment, things have sort of lightened up a little bit. You know, the, the sting has, has worn off. And Marshall and Millie are just sort of riffing about all the ways having a, a slanted floor will affect their lives. Marshall says they can't have a pinball machine. The daughter's going to be named Eileen. Eileen. Can't put anything under that table because what if we want to read those books? It's a nightmare. <laughs> those two books. <laughs> what happens? They're so sad that Robin decides to come to the rescue. She sees all the free stuff that Lily has picked up around the house. The skateboard, the salad bowl or the strainer, whatever it is. And she runs to the other room, gets on the skateboard, and shoots herself down that slanted floor right through the front door. With her bowl for a helmet. With a bowl for a helmet right Safety on that first. skateboard. That's right. Um, and that is the birth of the apartment roller luge. And we learned <laughs> that Lily and Marshall are just going to make the best of this and uh, will not be selling the apartment. I mean, you just How? had it. What yeah. are you going to do? How could you do anything else? <laughs> Uh, at low point, we learn that Barney has yet another theory. You can tell if a woman has had children. Wrists. Come, dude, come on. <laughs> you listen to anything I say, Ted? Wrists. So funny. Wrists. The wrists. Check the wrists. How does that, I don't know how that equates, but. 
Nobody check. knows. I'll have to check some of my friends with kids. <laughs> yeah, right? Go to Barney's blog and he'll tell you all Can about it. Can I see it, your I'm wrists sure. and elbows, ladies? <laughs> Line up. Count the rings. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, Ted talks to Ashley. He's like, uh-huh, I'm feeling bad about it, but, like, not bad enough to stop making out with you. And, you know, it's seeming like they are off scot-free, that this night has really just been as debaucherous as they wanted it to be with no consequences. But then Rick Garrido appears. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In his green sweater, his green Irish sweater. And I love when Barney... Acts like he's going to come in, but then he realizes how big Rick is and keeps walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like as if he's seen right someone in the him. distance. <laughs> Just so fucking good. And, yeah. you know, Rick confronts him. And before Ted can say anything, lights out. Punched oh, right in the face. Earned it. He fucking earned it. Yep. But the next morning he hasn't learned anything. Because apparently after that happened, he was drinking all night. So... <laughs> Ted's Ted's measure of a good night is off. You got punched in the face, buddy. It doesn't matter if you kept drinking all night. No kidding. Like, that's bad. That's yeah. bad. That's a bad thing. And um, luckily, Marshall is there being the best friend. Yep, absolutely. Um, and helping him because clearly Ted needs it and he just calls him out. He's like, you kissed a married woman. Do you know how offensive that is to me? As a married man, and Same. he says, we don't need another Barney, which is so freaking true. Mm-hmm. And Ted isn't Barney. Like, this is all, every time Ted says something, Barney would say, it's just creepy, you know? Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> like, Barney gets away with it because he's got all this charm and charisma, and you know that there's, like, a good heart under there, but also that that stuff that comes out is almost, like, just, like, instinct mm-hmm. and impulse and... Mm-hmm. But Ted, you know that he's a good guy. So when he does that, it's coming from, like, a place of ugliness. And like he says later, he didn't really like himself. Yeah. And you can tell. Ted tries to maintain that it wasn't as bad as it sounded. But Marshall knows how it sounded. Marshall brought the receipts. Marshall's got the fucking receipts. That's right. Um, And thanks to the butt dials. Classic butt dials, 2008. I guess today they'd be, like... Snaps. Yeah, you know I, mean? I don't know that how would capture the night and right be like, on accident. You're an asshole. Yeah, right. I, no, he'd probably do it on purpose and think he was doing something great, and then all his yeah. friends would be like, "You're a dude." Drunk snapping. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we get to hear all of the all of the drunken garbage from the point of view of a sober person, and. I mean, we've all had this experience. Everyone who drinks is you really think that you have got your shit. Just popping in the middle of the night at a club when you're just like blackout drunk. But whew, seeing it in the cold light of day is is a lot different. So harsh. We, it's a harsh, harsh wake up. Yeah, and we just hear, you know, we hear how it sounded for real when they let when they ditched the girls outside the bar. We hear how it sounded when he said those gross things to that girl about you know just wanting to have sex with her and never call her again. And um, this is where it's a lot like Ted Mosby Architect, where it's, you know, hearing, hearing the, real, the real deal and it's setting in. Future Ted has a great piece of advice here where he says, sometimes you can think you're doing fine. You really think you're doing fine until someone shows you just how crooked your life is. You know, we've all been there. It's like he was standing in the apartment of life and it was crooked. That's right. You don't realize it until you see it and then you can't unsee it. So, I mean, this is like a, not even a metaphorical rock bottom. Like, he got punched in the fucking face and hit. Felt it. Hit the ground. Like, this is. um, The black eye show for it. Yeah, this is about as much of Barney as Ted can take. And we can feel that things are changing and sometimes it takes. It takes getting there in order to get out, you know? Yeah. You're like, you have to reach a point where you just can't do it anymore. And as soon as you do, the world opens up. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens here. Your, your life can take a right angle. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for real. Just a sharp left <laughs> in the best way. So, um, you know, Ted thanks Marshall and tells him he's sexy when he yells. 
And Ted goes to the club to look for his phone because he left it behind because he's a he was a drunk you know, mess. Lucky, luckily, I've never left anything at a bar or a club. Mm-hmm. Like not even like my credit card. I don't think. Me neither. But can, can you imagine? how low you would feel to have to go back to the scene of the crime the next day the in the light of day. On, yeah. And just all the gross just all, mess. Yeah, just the carnage that's left. Like, there's Ooh. a reason the lights are off. Yeah. Because yeah. it is. I mean, just uh, looking around, that was horrible. Seriously. Looked like a bomb, like a like an out. vodka bomb went off no in the kidding. middle. That was disgusting. So Especially the yeah. day after St. Patrick's Day. Oh, my gosh. Just facing, just facing all of it. Reality is harsh in the harsh. light of day. But, luckily, tomorrow had arrived, as future Ted says, and it starts to rain, so he goes back in before he leaves, and his luck changes right there, because there on the ground, someone else left something behind. A yellow umbrella. The yellow umbrella. The yellow umbrella! Yay! Do you want to tell our yellow umbrella story? Sure. Okay. So... I had all all of these ideas for ways to propose to Kate. Tons of ideas. We like to canoe. We yeah. like to hike. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this, like, monument in our town that was only open a couple weekends a year. You can, like, look, climb up to the top and look over it and, like, see the whole city. It's like, maybe I should propose there. I'm like, no. You should do it in our yellow canoe because we have a yellow canoe mm-hmm. called the Main Squeeze. Very cute. You know, like, all these ideas, right? And so then I finally decide... And Kate doesn't know that I've bought a ring or that I'm about to propose. Like, we haven't really talked about it. Had no idea. We knew that we were going to get married, but, Mm -hmm. like, there was no plan. Like, I already know your ring size. Like, nothing. nothing. So I buy a yellow umbrella, and I buy some letters, and I put them. Little sticky letters. Little sticky letters. And I put, marry me. And then on a random Thursday, I plan to pick her up for lunch. (laughs) We work, like, close to each other. Yeah. And... Let me say this. It hadn't rained in like two months. Yeah, it was a drought. It was a literal drought. It was a drought drought that year. Mm -hmm. The day that I decided to propose, it was raining at lunchtime. So the The umbrella made sense. The umbrella made sense. You were going to do it anyway. But I was going to do it with the umbrella anyway. Yeah. But then it rained. Then it rained. It's like Ted made it rain for Robin in the first season. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's really cute. So I surprised her at lunch and proposed out. I was standing like in her window at work. You know, yeah, was, I was like, up on the over. up on the second floor, like Robin being on the second floor when Ted steals the blue French horn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little girl, we're telling our story of love. Relax. Sorry, Clem is being annoying. She called me and then I looked out the window. She said, "Look out the window." And I looked and she had a yellow umbrella and I was just excited. I thought she'd bought me a yellow <laughs> umbrella cuz I've always wanted one. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so great." And then she's like, can you read it? <laughs> like, it was kind of far away. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what do you think? And I looked and I was like, oh my God, I'm coming downstairs. And so I ran downstairs. I was in, in absolute shock. Yeah, it was You great. really nailed it. It was great. You nailed it. It was a good day. Yeah. Then we got a photo of our... Cells. I just like asked some random student walking by to take a photo of us. The one person that the walked one by. Person there was that nobody by. Else I was there. like, please take a photo. We just got engaged, and they were like, oh my god. Yeah. Um. And then like, I said yes. Obviously, we're really excited. And I was like, wait, where's the salad? Because she was supposed to have picked up the salad, and you didn't do that. No. The because I was still. Front. I know. I was still like, <laughs> it was not making sense to no, me what was not, happening. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and th- that day. I really thought I was going to go and propose to her at lunch, right? But then actually go back to work. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, it's a Thursday. I got to go back to work. Yeah. And then, like, seriously, an hour beforehand, I told my boss, I'm like, I'm about to go propose to my girlfriend. I don't think I should come back to work after. <laughs> She's like, you definitely cannot come back to work after that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. I know. I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm leaving work now. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, it was, it was crazy. It was great. It was crazy. We still have the umbrella. You use it's, it all the time. I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's my umbrella. It's my every. Yep. Everyday umbrella. Doesn't say marry me anymore. That'd be awkward if people saw that everywhere. Kate looked yeah. eye contact yeah. and people would be like, wait, what? Yeah, thank you for not getting that like, <laughs> s- like screen, printed. screen printed on the umbrella. But yeah, so that's our yellow umbrella story. Boom. What did you think of No Tomorrow as an episode? Um, I thought it was clever and sleazy. Yeah. 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 
It was good. Yeah, it's a sweet episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I laughed a lot. Puts us puts us back on track, as uh, Carter and Craig always do. So now let's see what our friends thought of it. Okay, we have 12 legendary moments tonight, so I'm going to fly through these. Uh, First one is from Sam, who hasn't written in a while. Thanks, Sam. Good to hear from you. And Sam says um, her legendary moment is Ted picking up the yellow umbrella. A small moment in the episode, but so important for the series. Agreed. Uh, Next up, we have Tish, who is one of our patrons. So she gets her email read in its entirety. And Tish says, hey, ladies, this episode is really good. My legendary moment is going to have to be the line, that's so not Raven, which Barney (laughs) says. Uh, That small throwaway line is just perfect. P.S., congrats on your success from the added Patreon members to the milestone in reviews. To all the new Patreon members, welcome to the HB family. We're glad to have you. Regards, Tish. Tish is one of our biggest supporters. She is Amazing. Cool. She's got our merch. She's a, she's an Almighty Five uh, Patreon member. She's awesome. So we hope to meet you someday soon, Tish. Um, the next one comes from Emma, and Emma says uh, her legendary moment is Marshall calling out Ted for his shitty behavior the night before, which is a really important thing to do for your friends. Very true. Uh, next up is Susan, and Susan's moment is Marshall trying to convince Lily that he saw a ghost. And uh, turning to Robin because she's a skeptic. <laughs> it passed right through me, and I was, co- and it was cold. So very cold. <laughs> Good one. All right. Uh, next up, we have Richard, and Richard is one of our patrons, and he says, "Hi, ladies. Glad to join the Patreon family. I think the Himyum reunion concert put me over the edge into joining. Hell yeah! It was it was a great time. I hope they do more stuff like that in the future that we can uh, share with you guys." Uh, my legendary moment is Marshall calling out Ted's probably hungover ass over breakfast on a Tuesday morning. Yes, St. Patrick's Day in 2008 was on a Monday. Oof. That makes sense because Marshall was, like, dressed for work, mm-hmm. you know? Suddenly, Marshall and Lily's homebodiness doesn't seem so bad. Though, I always love seeing wingman Ted in action with Barney. Those are some of my favorite character-to-character moments. Yeah, they get a lot of good stories out of it. Also... What's up with the random girl Ted bumped into and apologized to at the bar? A red herring clue to the mother? <sighs> Only time will tell, Richard. Only time will tell. Next up is Russell, another one of our patrons. And he says, hey, beautiful ladies. I just wanted to say about this episode is that we have green Barney, crooked, flat, crooked, flat. Oh, a, a crooked flat. He's from Australia. Mm-hmm. So we have Green Barney, a crooked flat, and Ted going wrong until he can get it right. Legendary episode. Talk to you later. Good one, Russell. And Abha says uh, her legendary moment is the morning after the St. Patrick's Day uh, when Marshall, the great friend that he is, makes Ted realize that the night of no tomorrow was a terrible night and Ted needs to stay on the good side. Good one. Next up is Bobby, another one of our patrons, and Bobby says, Hello, ladies. My legendary moment for this episode is Marshall showing Ted how he has hit rock bottom. Everyone loves that one. By letting him listen to his butt dial messages. I think Ted realizes at this point that his actions do not match what he's been saying all this time about wanting to get married and settle down. Very true. I love Marshall. I love that Marshall got serious with Ted and could be open and honest with him because they're best friends. Hope you're both well. Good one, Bobby. Uh, Next up is Jeff, and Jeff's legendary moment is definitely Robin's lines when they're trying to convince uh, Lily that the apartment is okay. Maybe your hippo was just hungrier, hungrier than ours. And the line about the ghost going through her and being cold, (laughs) so very cold. I personally love the the sheet with the two holes. That's (laughs) my favorite one. That's my favorite one. Um, Next up is Lisa, and Lisa says, I would just like to state that I love this episode and therefore had, therefore had much difficulty choosing one moment. And since she's a patron, we're going to read all of them. I could go for the low-hanging fruit and say that the appearance of the yellow umbrella is my legendary moment, but I will go a little outside the box here with a toss-up between two. One being Barney's reference of the great dude shortage of 1883, because he always uses 83 in all of his made-up statistics, facts, and I love a good Easter egg and recurring joke. The other one has to be Robin's jokes about Lily and Marshall's apartment, especially it's like the last 20 minutes of Titanic in here. (laughs) And how is Roy racist ghost better than crooked? I literally crack up 
every single time. She has basically no screen screen time or storyline in this episode, but her one-liners make up for it. Yeah, Absolutely. She, she nailed them all. Yep. I'm going to stop myself before I start listing more and changing my mind. Have a great week. Oof, good ones, Lisa. Yeah, Robin is the star of this episode for sure. All right, next up is Dan, who's another one of our patrons. And he says, hey, hey, beautifuls. Quick legendary moment for No Tomorrow. Marshall holding up the mirror to Ted, Ted acknowledging the error of his ways, and then making light again by teasing Marshall. At one point, I thought we were going to kiss. <laughs> Josh Radner's delivery is hilarious. Very good. Uh, this is classic Hemium, combining earnest with funny. The humor and the morality accentuate each other, making each more powerful than they would otherwise be on their own. Perfect. Shouldn't there be a name for doing this? <laughs> Stay awesome and beautiful and solid, Dan. Good one, Stan. All right, and last but not least, we have Danielle. And Danielle says, her legendary moment is a tie between Marshall calling Ted on his bullshit and the delivery of their oh-so-sad lines when lamenting the crooked floor in the apartment. <laughs> if we have a daughter, we'll have to name her Eileen. Sheer brilliance. Good ones, Danielle. What was your legendary moment from this episode? You said I, it was going to surprise me. Or that well, I might not, not expect it. So... I thought it was interesting that only one person mentioned the yellow umbrella. Yeah. But mine was also Ted being like, you kissed a married woman. Do you know oh, how Marshall? that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Marshall. And just holding Ted accountable. Nice. For sure. That's a good one. I feel like I can't not say the yellow umbrella. Mm. I mean, it's just so great. I'm going to say yellow umbrella, runner-up is... Ghost wearing a sheet with two holes. Mm, yeah. Because, I mean, just Robin in general, this episode. But you can't, you can't go past the fact that, I mean, the yellow umbrella just comes in quietly mm-hmm. and is going to mm-hmm. make such a huge difference. It's a very butterfly effect. Like, mm. picking up this umbrella just changed the course of his entire life. Mm. His entire fucking life just changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any other final thoughts before we go? Feeling good? Yeah, feel great. Great. It's a great episode, as great. always. Well, thank you again for being here. Anytime. I know you sometimes really don't feel like you have a choice, but... It's not true. I always <laughs> feel like I have a choice. Good. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time for 10 sessions. Um, we were going to have a special guest star on the actual uh, Himium episode, and we just might have a guest host along with me. We'll see what happens. That one might be Caitlin. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So send your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. If you loved this recap, go ahead and leave us an iTunes review. It's a very easy and free way to help us find more listeners. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you never miss a recap. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Liz Vogel. <laughs> Our intro outro music is by Owl All. <laughs>